Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, whoever expected this show to start like that, huh? <laughs> the Silhouettes. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> Talk about going way, way back in time, back to 1957. Get a job. Well, that kind of gives you a hint of where we may be going with our discussion today. We have a great guest who is joining us on our program. And good morning, everybody. I'm Bob Salter. I'm looking forward to our discussion today because the guest who is joining us has an excellent perspective to share with us, especially for those of you who are thinking about, dare I say this, your next job. Okay, you can get up off the floor. You have my permission to do that. Joining us on our program is uh, the author of an interesting uh, publication entitled Brand You to Land Your Dream Job. She's a marketing and branding expert, university professor of marketing, accidental career coach, and best-selling author. Diane Huth is joining us on our program. Diane, good morning. Welcome to our program on The Fan. Good morning, Bob. It's great to be with you and all your wonderful listeners. Thank you. I am looking forward to our discussion today because there's so many different areas where we can go and we're going to share some things and hopefully involve some of the folks who are listening to us. I have been um, devouring some of the information that you have shared with me that is contained in this book and also in your work I got to ask a little bit of uh, background here because that always sets the stage for discussions like we have on this program. How did you get into this? Well, I'm not really a human resource professional. I am not a recruiter. I call myself the accidental career coach because it happened by accident. I'm a long-term marketing and branding person. I've worked with big companies like CBS Television, Johnson & Johnson, Frito-Lay, Carnation, Nestle, Reynolds Tobacco, all those big names. And as I'm moving on to the next phase in my life, I started teaching at two different universities a couple years ago, and I was stunned to learn that my bright, talented, wonderful students didn't have a clue on how to get a job. Gee, what a surprise, huh? I mean, I was really stunned because, I mean, I really was. These are smart kids. Private school, they just spent $130,000 of mom's money on tuition, and they were graduating with degrees in business and 
found that out, I went home and I feverishly wrote for a solid week the content that I presented to them the next week and that grew up to be a seminar and a webinar and a boot camp and then a book. Um, basically how to use the secrets of marketing, because I'm a marketing professor, right? I teach them marketing. What's the most important product in the world themselves? So I wrote a book to teach everybody how to use the skills that we marketers use to market the most important product in the world, yourself. Okay, let's go right to that point, and I'm glad that you phrased it that way. Why is it that so many people have an issue and a problem, and I'm going to say this, I'm one of them, with this idea of selling oneself. Oh, we're all modest. We all, I think everybody secretly feels that they're a little bit of a fraud down, you know, inside. None of us all have the security to say that we're really as great at what we do as we really are and how people look up to us. We're all a little bit intimidated. And so if you consider yourself not yourself, if you consider yourself a product like a bottle of wine or a shampoo or anything that's an inanimate object, you say, I'm going to market myself the same way a marketer would market these other physical, tangible products, it may be a lot easier. And you just use the same skills and techniques that marketers use to market those products. Well, if that's the case, then a certain level of Confidence in oneself, I guess, is the first step. How do we get that if we're so shy? Well, one of the things that I hope I can transmit is by giving you clear-cut insights and the tools and the techniques and the understanding of why you should use these tools and how to use them, I think everybody will be more confident. It's scary when you go into something that you don't know. When you're armed with the resources and you understand the process, it's a lot easier. And so I've written my book in a very direct, it's written in my voice. I'm talking to you, and I'm, I'm helping you understand the step-by-step process that starts from your social media pages down to how to negotiate the best job, because nobody has ever, in my mind, put this together so clearly and concisely. Um, because it's a process. It doesn't just start with a resume. It starts a long time before that. And to really walk people through the steps, I think, gives a lot of clarity. Okay. Let's talk about this idea of walking people through the steps, because some people will argue, well, why, why isn't this something that's taught in schools? Well, it should be in every school. And, in fact, I am going to be teaching it in the spring semester at one of the universities where I teach. So it is starting to be adopted, but not nearly enough. Um, and students, college students, to the millennials particularly, think they know everything. They're bulletproof. They've got this wonderful, shiny degree. People are going to throw money at them and offer them jobs. That's what's in their minds, right? They don't understand the reality of the workplace, and so they don't realize that they need help. And there are very few schools that, that make it mandatory for you to, to develop job search and, and job success skills. They want to teach you technical skills and writing skills, but not how to get that wonderful job. So that's one of the things that I'm bringing to the party, and hopefully my book will be adopted by more schools, because I believe this is something we need to be teaching all of our kids. Okay. And not kids, adults, everybody. And that's the other thing is, you know, we, we can focus on this idea of, you know, millennials and young people and 
the various things that they are not doing, but a lot of us are a lot older than that, and we were never exposed to these sort of skills. So how do we get on the bandwagon, I guess? Well, one of the things that happened, Bob, is that um, when I started promoting my book, all of my baby boomer friends started coming out of the woodwork and saying, (laughs) hey, would you help me? I've been unemployed for 18 months. They're repossessing my home. Mm. I'm living on food stamps. I'm going, what? I know you're a wonderful professional. How did this happen? And I get person out of person, you know, one person after another of people I know and esteem and know their track record and worked with, and they say when you get 50, you hit a wall, and people are not hiring baby boomers. So that is actually the topic of my next book, but I talk a lot about that because I am in that age group, and so many people who really care and, and, and are passionate and who deserve great jobs are facing these difficult challenges. And you're right, we were not taught systematically, and the job market has changed dramatically in the past 10 years. 10, 15 years ago, job search was local and personal. There was a company that you knew and you contacted HR and you talked to them. Today, half of all jobs are found and located through the online job boards, the Monsters, the LinkedIn, the Career Builder, those companies. And nobody teaches you the dirty little secret of how to be successful there. And that's one of the things that I focus about, and I learned this in this, this search process because I did not know this until I was writing this book. It was like, oh, my goodness. And that is there is a funnel, and that um, let's say you have a job posted on a job board, um, and a 1,000 people see it from all over the world. But it's, it's not, you know, for the vice president of marketing at Google. It's your local accountant at a bank or something. It's, it's you know, not a fancy bells and whistles job. A thousand people will see that ad. On average, 200 people will start to make an application. A hundred people will complete an application, and a computer robot using a search algorithm, a keyword matching algorithm, will reject 75% of all resumes without a human being ever seeing them, and nobody tells you how to get around that. Mm. Are there what? are there actual ways to get around that? Yes, there are. And, of course, I, I, I share that with people because if I had known that years ago, I would have been in a different place and had different jobs as well. What happens is this algorithm does a keyword match. And so it's, it's, it's like SEO. It's a keyword match. So if the job description, every posted job description will have the requirements. I want somebody with at least a bachelor's degree, at least, you know, five to seven years' experience, they must know um, QuickBooks or whatever the different criteria. There may be half a dozen different criteria. What you need to do is make sure that those keywords are prominently embedded in your resume because the computer is going to do a match, and you have to mirror the language in the job description so it's identical in your resume so that the computer will, this, this law algorithm will match the words and you won't get correct uh, rejected. If the computer doesn't find the identical search terms, it will kick your resume out. So, for example, if the job description says QuickBooks and your resume says multiple different accounting software programs, it's not a match because it's not looking for that, it's looking for the word QuickBooks. Mm. So you have to customize. Every single resume needs to be customized for every single job that you're applying for and you have to personalize it with those exact keywords. Mm. It's and this a, didn't exist 10 years ago. It's new. 
It's a very interesting concept, and you know this is it, this is a process. That's part of what we're going to be talking about in the course of <laughs> yeah. our time here with uh, Diane Huth on our program this morning. She's going to be with us for our full show. We go until seven thirty when the NFL preview happens. Diane Huth, that's H-U-T-H, is the accidental career coach. She's sharing with us. In our program, we're going to give you contact information for her as well as we continue on our program on The Fan this Sunday morning. It is Sunday morning on The Fan, and good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. We are in an interesting discussion on our program with Diane Huth. She has joined us on our show to share some information on this uh, concept of uh, job hunting success she is the author of Brand You to Land Your Dream Job, a step-by-step guide to find a great job, get hired, and jumpstart your career. Hey, now there's an interesting idea, isn't it? Hmm. Uh, she's got a lot to share with us in the course of our discussion. What we will try to do as well, uh, she's going to be with us for our full show until 7.30, is to work in some thoughts from some of the folks listening to us if you yourself um, are struck by something that she shares. Perhaps you're somebody who has been unemployed for some time. You're looking for uh, some help in that area. Uh, you want to ask a question? Join us at 877-337-6666. That's our number here at The Fan. Now, one of the things that I like to do a couple of times in discussions like this as well is to give contact information for our guests because, as I told you last night, folks who listen to this program have a tendency to want to follow up on things. Sometimes it's immediately, uh, sometimes it is months, and in some cases even years later. Um, And that, Diane, very often surprises me when it's years later uh, because I think to myself, what? What interview was that? Um, because I do so many times I can't remember all of them off the top of my head. What, first of all, is your website? Well, my website is www.brandyouguide.com. Brandyouguide.com. Okay, so it's brandyouguide, and that is all as one word, dot com. The other thing is, um, we haven't mentioned it thus far, but there's another site where there's a free offer? Yes, I have a free gift for all of your listeners. It's a 15-page detailed checklist, a career guide checklist, to see how prepared you are on your, your, your career journey. And it is at HireMeNowPlease.com. So if you go there, give me your email address, and you'll get my 15-page career guide and detailed checklist. And then you'll be able to see, do you need help or do you have everything under control? So that's at www.HireMeNowPlease.com. So it's HireMeNowPlease. That's all as one word, <laughs> .com. And um, to remember. <laughs> there's a lot of information in there. I know because I also went to that site to get that. Hey, it's something for free. That's something that strikes a chord with everybody, believe me. <laughs> yes. Why did you do the book at this point in your life? Um, because I really felt the need to share this. So many people need help, and I'm, I'm a giver and I'm a helper. And it's like I had this, a- this access to information, and clearly there was a need out there. So I started, like I said, I started writing it for my students, and it just grew up to be a book 
another book coming and, and some seminars and things like that. But I believe it's so important. So many people, especially older people, I'm a baby boomer. I'm officially old. Um, and so many people <laughs> have so much skills and talents and experience and wisdom, and we are not often able to share those in, a, in, a, in the right manner. We shouldn't be working at Walmart. We should be consulting. We should be coaching. We should be mentoring, teaching, and writing and doing creative things. And so I want to help people uh, work as long as possibly and, and, and as, um, in a fulfilling manner as long as they want to. We should all be giving back. We shouldn't be retiring and playing golf and, and watching um, soap operas all day. It's just not what we were meant to be. We should have more. So I want to help people have more. This idea of success in um, seeking a job, you put together a list of steps to achieve that goal. The very first thing on the list that struck me, and you've mentioned this already, but I want to expand on this in our discussion. You talk about the online social media presence being important and Absolutely. the idea of mastering that. Two thoughts with that. I'll ask the question that I think I know the answer to and probably a lot of people do of why is that so important? And then secondly, how do you really master it? Well, it's so important because as a brand, if we think of ourselves as a brand, that is your social proof. That is advertising. That is telling people who you are and, and what your values are. And more importantly, 96% of all recruiters will check your social media pages before they will recommend you for a job. And half of all hiring managers will also look at your Facebook um, pages and all your different social media pages, and they will Google you to see what comes up because they want to know who you are. One thing is what you say in an interview and what you show on paper on your resume, but really your social media pages are tell really what your values are, what you do with your time and your energy. So that's the, 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 the real insight into who you are. So if you are looking to establish yourself, you want a job, or you want anything, you want a board position, you want to find uh, uh, your next spouse, anything that you want that's a value, you have to actively build your personal brand. And that is how you are known. So what is your personal reputation? Um, and you do that on social media. And it's, it's, it's just really critical. Now, there are a number of ways to do it, and I have a whole section of the book on that. Uh, the first thing is Google yourself. Have you Googled yourself lately? I did Everybody it. needs to Google the, the, your phone or your computer and Google your name and see, number one, if you find yourself, what page you're on. Look at the photos because they scrape photos. You don't know what photos are there. You don't get to put your photos. Google finds the photos. They may or may not be the photo you want out there. And there may be hundreds of people with your name. You show up. And so it's important as you establish your personal brand that, that you, you uh, rise in the Google ranks. One of the most important things you need to do is have a LinkedIn page for any kind of professional employment of any kind. LinkedIn is wonderful. It is the social media site for professionals and for employment. And what LinkedIn does, it's, I could go on, in fact, I have 
another book on social media and has pages and pages and pages about um, LinkedIn, but it allows you to build your resume, build your profile. It allows you to do keyword searches also so people can find you. You can invite um, and find friends. You can post articles. You can comment on other articles. You can post updates. Um, you can get and seek, rec- seek and give other recommendations. You can look at pay in your city. There's so many things, and anything that has to do with finding a job should be centered around LinkedIn. It's free, and it's easy. And, in fact, I recommend that people build their LinkedIn page before they build their resume because LinkedIn walks you through step-by-step and asks you very specific questions and guides you, and at the end of the day, that's your resume. And then from there, you just tweak your resume. But LinkedIn is the number one um, page for anybody who's looking for any kind of professional job. So that's number one. Number two, surprisingly or not surprisingly, is Facebook. Mm-hmm. Facebook tells who you really are. It tells you what you do with your time and your interests. It tells um, what kind of a person you are, how you spend your energies. Are you thoughtful? Do you care for people? Do you give back to the community? Do you participate in charities? Do you work out? Are you physically fit? Or do you go boozing on the weekend? And are there um, unpleasant or rude photos? Do you swear? How do you write? Do you write and communicate appropriately? All that can be seen on Facebook. Also, employers want a stable worker. They don't want somebody who's going to quit a job on a whim. They're looking for um, people who have professional responsibilities, family, are stable. And I'm going to find that out by looking at your Facebook page. And your Facebook page is public. Um, They even have companies that are hired and just scan on your social media pages and send reports to the company and recommend whether you should be hired or not. Right? You know... Yes, I, I, I know that they do, um, but for many people, that's not the best news that they can get today because they then start thinking, uh-oh, in terms of what's really on their Facebook page or other social media sites. Should you... The good news is you can go in and delete any unfavorable posts, so look at it. Is this something I would want my parents to see, my, my, my minister, my priest, or my children to see? And if it's not, then you can go and pull that little, you know, there's a little pull-down V at the top of each post and delete it. You could also ask other people to delete unfavorable posts. Then what you need to do is proactively put favorable posts that you want to be recognized for. So you can talk about family. You can talk about good things. You can post articles or videos or comments that are favorable, that are upbeat, that that talk about good values. So you can get rid of old stuff and then kind of flood your Facebook page with things that you would want an employer to see. And when you talk about the importance of success and taking steps toward career success, some people will think about, all right, back in the day, God, do I hate that phrase, but I also <laughs> fall into using it at times. So I'll say it's back in the day. People actually had things that they physically handed to somebody called business cards. I mean, is that completely passe now? Oh, no, you must have a business 
business card. Um, every professional needs a business card. And a lot of times a problem that unemployed baby boomers or unemployed people have or college students is they don't have a company business card, so they don't make their own professional card. I believe everybody should have their own professional card. I believe if you're looking for a job, it should have your photo in it instead of a company logo, unless you have your own consulting company, uh, because that makes it more memorable. If you go to career fair, people will remember that photo. Um, and, it, and you need to have a put. If you don't have a title with a company, then you put the position or the field. So if you are an unemployed accountant, you don't say unemployed or looking for work on your business card. You say accounting accounts payable, receivables, taxation. That would be your job description is the field you want to work in. Mm-hmm. Now to this area that you've mentioned, which, again, for some people, as they look at what they already have as a photo, it's kind of a frightening experience. <laughs> um, what realistically should we keep in mind when we're talking about an actual photo that you want other people to see? You have to go to a photo studio and have a professional corporate photo taken. And everybody from Target and Walmart to um, picture people and lots of different corporations, you know, regular, not, not terribly expensive organizations will have a corporate photo. When you go in, don't say you don't want the, the family package. You don't want all the little pictures and the wallets. You want a corporate photo, and you will generally get a package of three corporate photos, and you want them either on a flash drive or a, a CD. You don't need printed photos. You want them in a digital format, and it will cost you someplace between 50 and 100 bucks. And you need to be well-dressed, professionally groomed. You need to look like the, your, your future boss or your future boss's boss. So you need to have, you know, good grooming, haircut, clean-shaved men, um, you know, um, make sure you're well-groomed, a, a well-fitting suit, good colors, you know, tasteful jewelry, tasteful makeup, ladies. But you need to go to a photo studio and have a professional corporate photo made. And then that becomes your branding because that photo you're going to put on your LinkedIn page. You're going to have a business card. You're going to have it um, maybe as a cover of your Twitter page all the different, your different social media pages, you want to create your brand persona, who you are, and you want to have a corporate photo that reflects that because you use that photo forever. Diane Huth is talking with us on our program on The Fan this morning. She is the author of Brand You to Land Your Dream Job, a step-by-step guide to find a great job, get hired, and jumpstart your career. Uh, She is uh, talking with us uh, for our entire program up until 7.30 when the NFL preview happens. Uh, She is uh, also um, on the web at BrandUGuide. That's all as one word, BrandUGuide.com. More with Diane as we continue this Sunday morning. It is Sunday morning on The Fan, and good morning, everybody. This is Bob Solter. We're in discussion with Diane Huth on our program. Diane's last name is spelled H-U-T-H. She's the author of Brand You, To Land Your Dream Job, a step-by-step guide to find a great job, get hired, and jumpstart your career. And she's sharing information with us. Um, She's known as the Accidental Career Coach. She's with us for our entire program till 7.30 this Sunday morning. WFAN's toll-free line, 877-337-6666, brought to you by Mohegan Sun. 
Unlimited possibilities await you at Mohegan Sun. Plan your stay at mohegansun.com. Let's go to the phones, get started there. You want to share in uh, this discussion? You can join us as well. 877-337-6666 is our number. Let's go to uh, Rob and Lake Success, who's been waiting for a while. Thanks for being patient. Wonderful discussion. Uh, Number one, very interesting, because this should be taught in high schools, not even colleges, because kids that go to high schools have really, they got to decide what college they want to go to. And then at that point, even in their early career, now I started out initially as a phys ed teacher. And I was working in the New York City school system through a connection to my dad, knew many people because he was in the business and in the field. And I got a job working uh, in, in the New York City schools. Uh, decided to change my profession and went into medicine very quickly. I, I felt this wasn't for me. And you go to medical school, you get your degree, you basically get a shingle to work. Now, this is going back to 1990 after my residency. I got this great shingle, have a lot of student loans, and say, what do I do now? What did I do, Diane? I went to the phone book and called every physician in my field, one by one. After about 200, no, sorry, I don't need you. I appreciate it. Continue. Best of luck to you. I got, there was no internet. There's none of this stuff back then. I got a doctor. He said, yes, I can use you. Come on in. Ultimately, it worked out. Bought the practice. Got into the practice found another practice to buy but even when you have that practice diane if no one comes into your door just like the pizza maker just like the guy who has another type of business if no one walks in no patient no client walks in you make no money that day it's very different when you're looking for a job where an employer is paying you a salary and they basically are observing you and they make that decision Versus the entrepreneur, which basically a physician is no different than an entrepreneur because he's got to sell himself. My ability to go out and treat the world, what makes me different than the other person or the other doctor down the block? Reputation, knowledge, experience. Yes, I went to that doctor. He's great. He's been in there. For, he's been practicing 25 years in my town. He handles every distance runner. He knows what to, what to do. This is fabulous, but I think um, the competition out there, Diane, is so vast. And I fear for my, for my child, my daughter, who's going to be going to a very high, good institution. Uh, we're looking at right now. But even when you go to that institution, she's going to have to compete, whatever she chooses to do, with thousands of people, whatever she chooses to do, and, and get a job. And, and it's going to get harder and harder and harder because the competition is out there. And I want you to, hopefully you'll be able to try to share my success story in back in the day, Bob, like you said, when we <laughs> used phone books. You know, phone books. Can you imagine a phone book? Uh, and yes, business cards. Everybody gets a business card. My, my, my receptionist gives out the, re, the, the appointment card. And then you got the business card. Anybody, and, and but it's all about selling yourself. But nowadays, selling yourself in a world where there's so much competition is so vast, and I wanted to just share that to the audience. Um, but how does someone in an entrepreneur world versus trying to get a job from an employer, how do they go about getting, you know, getting started? Let me hear what you have to say, and thanks for the time, Bob, back in the day. Bye-bye now. Thank okay, you. Bob, thank you so much. We had so much to share, and I, there's so many things I want to comment and, and, and talk with you about. I think the most important thing that nobody teaches 
network your way to personal and professional success. And nobody teaches networking skills. And what you're talking about is networking. Um, your network is who you know. Your reputation is who knows you. So you want to build your personal brand and your personal network um, relationships, and you do that by outreach through networking. Half of all jobs today are found by the other half that aren't found through the job boards are found through personal networks. It's either a recommendation or referral from somebody or it's being hired by someone who has met and knows you because hiring is a very risky proposition. And so if I've worked with you on a board of my professional association, I know that you're sharp, you're, you know, your personality, you're upbeat, you deliver on what you say, you're an easy hire for me because I don't risk hiring a bad apple because I know you and work with you. So I think the most important thing for people at all ages and all career stages is to really network. And you network through different ways. I think one of the most important ones is through your professional association. Everybody who does any kind of professional job, there's an association out there, whether you're a lawyer, you're a dentist, you're a, a, a nurse, any profession, marketing, sales, computer repairs, there's a professional association that should have a local chapter wherever you are that allows you to, to co-mingle and meet and network with the peers. And those peers are either going to be people that are going to be your friends, they're going to be your, your competitors perhaps, but there's going to be the people who are going to hire you or eventually that you might hire to work for you. So it's really important that everybody look at spending and investing time, not just belonging to a professional association, but investing time by volunteering on a board or some kind of a position. Because then you be, you're involved, you get to know everybody, you're up on the podium, and some fascinating things happen when you are responsible for your organization as a board member, then you reach out to people. Um, I tell people that they should always join their professional association and they should always have a board role. And my three favorite positions are membership because, gee, you get the access to the membership list and the phone number. You get to know everybody in your field and you have an excuse to pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about membership with people in your company or your membership's going to renew next month. I'd like to come into your office, buy a cup of coffee, and let's talk about the value that the organization brings. That lets you talk to somebody that you could never get through a secretary or a receptionist and talk to. And then the other one is, I call it hospitality, is making sure that when you have events, people feel welcome and comfortable. You're the host of the event. So you go up and you meet people at the door and you get to introduce yourself and find out who they are. And you say, oh, who would you like to meet at this event? Are you new here? And if somebody you want to meet with, you invite them to sit at your table with you. And you get an hour of their time that you might never, ever otherwise get to meet. So I really, I, I'm a real strong proponent in belonging to professional organizations in your field and industry organizations. You could also network very effectively through civic organizations. That's what Rotary is all about and Lions Club and many other professional associations. And you can, can um, network through, you know, your kids' Cub Scout League and, and family events and your church or temple or wherever you go. But you need to always be on alert that you are building your professional brand, you're building your personal network and your personal reputation. All right. That networking, does that always have to be in the, uh, for lack of a better term, 
physical form, or that can that be in the virtual world? It should be in both. Um, and like you network online in social media, that's where LinkedIn comes in. It's one of the best um, networking. It's a professional networking platform that's so important. You also network, for example, on other social media sites, Twitter. A lot of people think, you know, Twitter is, you know, stream of consciousness for morons. It isn't really. Twitter <laughs> is um, how you, who you follow, what thought leaders you follow, what are the values, what do you share. And if you want to follow people in your industry, you want to network with people in your industry, you follow those industry leaders, and you comment, you share, you like, and you comment on what they post. Um, same thing um, with other social media sites like YouTube. A lot of people think YouTube is for sharing your family holiday memories. Oh, it's so much more. You can have a YouTube account and then you follow potential employers. Say you want to get a job with Procter & Gamble to work on the Pampers account. That's your passion. What you do is you go to their, their official company channel. You subscribe to their channel. And whenever they post anything on that YouTube page, you automatically get an email saying, oops, there's a new post from, from Pampers. You look at the video, and then you turn around. You can comment right there on the feed. And then you pick up the phone, and you talk to the person in the marketing department. You send an email saying, hey, I love your new campaign. Your new post is wonderful, so insightful. I think that's a great advertising campaign, or it's a great charity event. And it allows you to set up a dialogue with people that you wouldn't, first you wouldn't know what they were doing and thinking, and you wouldn't be able to compliment them and reward them and engage with them if you were not actively on your social media pages. Hmm. Make sense? Yes, it does. Now, we have not touched upon a topic that often comes up in discussions like this, and I think back to that situation of college students especially, even students who go to um, some trade schools. The idea of internships, where do you weigh in on that? Oh, I think internships are absolutely critical. In fact, of all the, when the surveys of hiring, you know, entry-level hiring managers, the number one trait they're looking for is internships. Why? And I believe that every student should have an internship every single year. You should have not one internship. You should be getting an internship after your freshman year of college, your sophomore, your junior. And I believe very strongly that if you're a freshman in college, you don't know enough to be worth a lot of money to a potential employer. I believe very strongly in unpaid internships because you are going to be able to go to just about anybody. You can find a mentor or somebody that you admire or an industry you want to work with and probably say, hey, I really admire you. I would like to work for you. And they're going to say, well, we don't have an internship program. And you can say, I would be willing to work for free for three months because I value you as a mentor and I look up to you and I would like to learn from you. Who's going to say no to that? And you could get a wonderful experience. If you think about it, in the summer, our kid's going to work at a burger joint or is going to make minimum wage. You're going to make maybe $3,000 during the summer. You're going to have to pay taxes and all that on it. If you invest that $3,000 in an unpaid internship, it will pay off in spades when you're going to find, number one, the paid internship at a higher level and a job where you're going to be sought out because you have experience in the industry. You know people, you have mentors, you have letters of recommendation, and you have professional connections. 
that idea of letters of recommendation, how much do they actually weigh or how valued are they really? Um, they're good to have. Uh, they can reassure uh, an employer. I, and today, most big companies have professional, um, you know, resume or, or employment verification for legal purposes. But if you're talking to a small company, and half of all, you know, more than half of all people work for small companies, you walk in with stellar letters of recommendation um, and you leave, you know, photocopies, they're going to read about who you are, and that could be very persuasive in, um, in helping them say, yeah, this is the right person. You also want to have an ongoing source. You want to be able to go back to those same people who recommended you. You're going to put them on, you know, a, a, a recommendation sheet because people want to be able to call. You're going to list them. And, and if you have an interview and they're going to check, you know, you're getting further along in the hiring process, you want to talk to, call those people who have given you letters of recommendations and say, hey, I'm applying for a job with ABC Company in this position. Um, you know, you might be getting a call from a recruiter. I'd love to have you, you know, you know, remind them about the time that I worked for you in the summer of XYZ year, and we did these great things together. So you might want to call that person, refresh them uh, in their memory of what you want them to say, and then ask them, um, gee, if you get a call, would you let me know? Because I'd love to hear what the feedback or what the, the, the recruiter is asking and, and if they, you know, had any feedback that would be valuable to help me gauge where I am on the job. And that's part of mentoring. Everybody needs a mentor, and those mentors should be the people who work with you, who know you, and give you letters of recommendation. When we talk about that role of the mentor, does the mentor have to be or should the mentor be there as kind of a um, a support for that person who's seeking a job too? I think so. You can have different kind of mentors, and I think everybody should have several mentors. One might be a senior person in your industry um, that, that um, can make introductions, can open doors through their personal network. Another one might be a younger peer a couple years out of college, somebody that you knew from college or from a fraternity at college or, or some professional association a couple years older who has recently gone through the job search, and they might give you different um, uh, insight into the job world. But you can find anybody that you admire, and, and if you ask somebody, say, hey, I'd like, could we meet on a Saturday and I'd buy a cup of coffee, I'd really value you, know, you as a professional, and I'd, I'd love to ask for your support as I develop myself professionally, I'd love to have you mentor me. Very few people would say no to that. They'd be honored to be um, have somebody you know look up to them like that. Because mm. our kids don't. Let's face it. If I have another young person who thinks I'm wonderful, that's really great, right? Exactly. Diane Huth is talking with us on our program on the Fan this morning. Diane's last name is spelled H-U-T-H. She is the author of Brand You to Land Your Dream Job, a step-by-step guide to find a great job, get hired, and jumpstart your career. And we've just really begun in our discussion. That's the first hour of the program. Just flew by here. Got more to get to with her. We'll also do your calls. 877-337-6666 is our number here at The Fan.
work world. Perhaps they were um, downsized or outsourced their work was. And they've had a tough time trying to find anything, uh, literally, and certainly trying to find something in the field in which they were working. How do they find that that opening? And then the other question with this becomes, what really is going to happen with their resume when they apply? Well, Bob, um, it's difficult when you're older, um, and the longer you're unemployed, the harder it is. An unemployed person who is 50, it will take them twice as long to find a job as an unemployed person who's 25. And the staff is in like 53 weeks over a year if you're a chronic unemployed. So my advice is, a number, there's several different points, but number one, you have to tech up. You have to really bring up your technology skills, whether you're employed right now and want to keep your job or get a raise or promotion, or you're unemployed and want to get back into the workforce, you need to bring up your technology skills because the workplace today is is digital, online, mobile, flexible, and agile. The workplace has changed dramatically, and Silicon Valley is kind of setting, setting the trend, but corporations are changing the way they work, and that's why they're bringing in these younger workers with this new digital, they're the digital natives, and they're the ones who employ all the new technology. So if you are of any age, you really need to have the technological skills, the digital skills. And I'm not just talking about knowing how to use, you know, Word and PowerPoint and Excel. I'm talking about living a digital life. So you need to learn apps, and you need to um, show that you're digitally savvy. Never bring in a newspaper to work. You should be checking your news on your phone. Never have a paper calendar because that means you're old-fashioned. You should be doing all your calendaring on your smartphone. You should have a Fitbit, or you should have um, an iPhone watch that says you're young and contemporary. And you need to understand that a lot of things today are app-driven. There's an app called Slack, and Slack is a team networking app that came out of nowhere, and in the last three months, Four different organizations that I've been involved with have adopted Slack as the way that they communicate internally. I never heard of it a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. You have to be aware of these new trends, and you have to fit into them, and you have to actively learn about them, and you have to adapt them and not grumble about, oh, this technology. You have to really embrace it, or you will be considered a dinosaur, and you'll be left behind. That's really hard, but that's one of the, the key things is to be, I call it tech up, bring up your tech skills dramatically. You talked earlier about the idea that everybody should have a consulting company, um, kind of a plan B um, as an approach. Absolutely. But with that thought in mind, the whole idea for some people of even introducing themselves and doing that in a way that somebody's actually going to remember is a challenge. What can you suggest there? Um, you need to, there's a whole bunch of networking skills, and you need to adapt them and practice them. And once you do that, you'll feel much more confident so that you need to be memorable. You need to have your own elevator pitch, which is a 30-second pitch, which tells who you are, what you do, what you promise, and ask for a call to action. Um, you need to know 
yourself memorably, a lot of people don't say their names correctly. They're so familiar with their name, they say, hi, I'm Barbara Jacobson. You can't hear that. The human mind can only remember three or four syllables. So instead, you need to practice saying, hi, my name is Barbara, space, Jacobson. That's Barbara Jacobson. So you make it easy for people to remember you. And you want to draw a visual um, picture in your mind. I have a dear friend named Brooke Carey. And when she introduces herself, she says, my name is Brooke. And I'm usually named for women. My name is Brooke, like a babbling Brooke. And Carrie, like Mariah Carey, but she's a lot younger and prettier than I am. <laughs> so you remember Brooke Carey because she drew a picture with words that you could reference. I know a gentleman named Mr. Green. And so he identified himself. He only wore green ties, green sports jackets, and he always had green pens, and his signature was always in green ink. I know somebody whose last name was Fox, so guess what was on his business card, right? <laughs> and so you create um, a distinctive visual presence and uh, uh, the way that you present yourself, the way you carry yourself. You must learn how to shake hands properly. A lot of people, you know, you have a wimpy handshake or the guys crush your fingers and you fumble with business cards. So you need to learn all those networking skills. And, and I've detailed them all in the book. It's really easy once somebody points them out to you, but you want to do things that make yourself memorable, personable, and likable. Um, you talked about my, and it's one of my favorites, is my plan B. I believe that every professional with more than 10 years of experience should have their own consulting company. And they, that doesn't mean doing a corporation or an LLC. You can be a sole proprietor. Um, as long as you use your name in the business. You don't even have to do a fictitious name. And all you want to do is you want to have a three-page website that establishes your credentials and a business card, maybe some branding around it with a color scheme and a logo that you carry out, you know, through your, your touch points like your website with a business card. What that does is it establishes you, number one, as an expert. You're claiming, claiming your expert status. It gives you a visual and a tangible online presence that, that brags about who you are and what you do. It is searchable by Google, so it will show up in the search engines. And most importantly, it allows you to network person to person with the person you want to hire with, the hiring manager, and it lets you skip going through HR. So with um, your own consulting company, instead of applying for a job, you want to reach out to the hiring manager you want to work with introduce yourself as an experienced professional and say, I'd love to visit with you and see if there's some ways that I could help you in whatever your business goals are. And maybe they'll love you so much they'll want to hire you. Or maybe in today's new economy, which is an agile employment economy, that's one of the best words, or called the gig economy, you'll get a consulting job or a contract job. And that might be where you want to be at your point in life. Um, and, and so having that that personal um, consulting company lets you interact in a different manner, whether you're employed or not, whether you ever have a client. Most people will never have any business coming to that consulting company. But it is your, your access to bypassing human resources and talking right to the people who are the decision makers. Mm. For somebody who's been in the work world for a while, a lot of people will express the desire to go back to school. How do you feel about that? 
I believe we should all be in a lifelong, lifelong learning process. When you stop learning, you stop. You're done. And especially with technology and the way the world is transformed today, you must always be open and learning new things, new technologies. And we have the Internet. I mean, you don't have to go back to school. It's all there. You can learn anything you want online. So if you want to learn information, you don't need to go back to school. Um, I believe if you want to get an advanced degree, for example, you want to get a master's degree, you want to get a certification, those are all available at night school, so you can be keeping your, your day job and study at night if you want a formal degree program. There's no reason to quit a good-paying job to go back to school because you will rarely um, recover financially from you know, losing a year or two of, of salary and work and then starting over again. Mm. Um, but you should, we should always be learning. That's what life is, and especially today, life works so fast. Um, if you want to learn computer skills, I mean, listen to Kim Commando every day. I mean, she's giving you tips. You go on YouTube, you can learn anything in the world that you want on YouTube. There's a video on it. Oh, yes. That's, that's, so we should <laughs> all be learning constantly to keep up, or you'll fall behind. Diane Huth, who is the accidental career coach, author of Brand You, To Land Your Dream Job, A Step-by-Step Guide to Find a Great Job, Get Hired, and Jumpstart Your Career. She's our guest on our program this morning. Sports Edge with Rick Wolf follows our 8 o'clock update. Diane's website at brandyouguide, that's all as one word, dot com. You want to join us in the discussion, 877-337-6666. And after our 9 o'clock update, it's that Football Sunday program that's along here on The Fan. Sports Edge follows our 8 o'clock update. I'm Bob Solter. NFL previews happens at 7.30. We're in a discussion with Diane Huth on our program. Diane is the author of Brand You, To Land Your Dream Job, A Step-by-Step Guide to Find a Great Job, Get Hired, and Jumpstart Your Career. WFAN's toll-free line, 877-337-6666. It's brought to you by Mohegan Sun. Unlimited possibilities await you at Mohegan Sun. Plan your stay at mohegansun.com. Let's go back to the phone to Joe in Queens, who's been holding for what must seem like forever. Thanks for holding on. Uh, Yeah, hi, guys. Hi, Diane. Uh, I would ask you about what people do, self-promotion. Maybe they would write articles on the Internet or just to experiment with writing and put them on some websites like Article Space where you can get them syndicated. If people are interested, they pick them up. And YouTube videos people seem to use as a venue to get information out, possibly music or other things. Then also I want to ask you about the... uh, EDX Coursera MOOCs, do you think they're a useful venue for adult learners? Diane? What you were talking about, the last one, I believe writing articles is very important. That's one of the things that LinkedIn offers is that it's a venue you can write either short posts, kind of an update, like I posted that I was going to be on with today, and I gave them the link to be able to listen in. But you can also write long, thoughtful articles, and those will be picked up by the search engines, but it also uh, allows you to showcase yourself, your expertise, your brand, and so you can post them on your Facebook page, you can post them on your um, LinkedIn page, you can link to those on Twitter, and then um, writing a blog is a, a very strong way to showcase yourself because blog articles will always be 
up by the search engine. And even if you don't want to go to the house of writing your own blog, you might want to comment, follow blogs that are of interest in your field, and be, you know, an active commenter, talk, you know, give feedback, and make, um, you know, insightful comments. And then maybe ask the blog host if they would want to have you come on and write a guest blog or do a, an, an interview. And all those are ways to promote yourself through providing content. Today, marketing is about content. Americans and around the world are consuming content voraciously. So if you can provide valuable content, insight, things that you can share, there's always a venue um, online to share your content that will be appreciated and that will showcase you in a very favorable light. Joe, I hope that addresses the uh, question that you were asking of uh, Diane Huth, who's talking with us on our program on the fan. Now, one of the things that we have not really addressed here is something that some people who are job seekers dread, and that's the idea of the interview. We don't have much time, but let's talk a little bit about that. How can you be successful in an interview situation? Well, several things. Number one is you need company. In today's world, there is absolutely no way, no reason that anybody should go to an interview and not be completely prepared with a deep understanding of the company, the product, their philosophy, what their initiatives are, where they are geographically, because all that's available instantly on the Internet. So you really need to research whoever you're, you're um, going to be meeting with as an individual. You can do that on LinkedIn. You can do that on Google. You really need to know the company, and you might need to know the industry. I recommend that before you go into an important interview, you should spend between four and eight hours of online research before you go and have that interview. And the reason is you want to be so knowledgeable about the company and the industry that you'll ask smart questions, which make you look really smart, insightful questions, so that you have a conversation peer-to-peer with the hiring manager that they talk to you as if you're a colleague, an employee, um, somebody in the industry because you're so knowledgeable what they're doing. You're not the candidate. You are a colleague and you're knowledgeable about them. It puts you in a whole different light with the interview. Part of that. Um, I think that's really critical to know the company. Don't ever walk in blind because you want to ask insightful questions and you want to have some research, found out what their pain point is, and you can ask what keeps you up at night. And if you were to hire me, what are the one or two things that I could do in the first month that would make your life better? And so you want them to visualize you as, as on their team and making their life better because the interview should be about how you're going to help the company and not how the company is going to hire you. And one of the, a couple of the other key things that are really, really important is companies want to know your why. Why do you want to work for us? Why should I hire you? Why are you interested in it? Because why, would, why should they even have, have um, interviews? Why do they want to have you come down to an office and do an interview? They know from your resume everything about you. They've already, HR has already checked you out, knows, you know, the references and all that stuff. So why would you come into the office for an interview? Number one, they want to know if you're likable. And number two, they want to know why I should hire you. 
and they want to know your passion about life, and they want to get a feel for you and how you would be a fit as part of their team, one of their peers. That's they the... want to work with you because, quite frankly, you will hire a business person, will hire somebody who's less qualified but likable over someone who is more qualified but not likable. Diane, Diane, I'm sorry, we got to go. The clock is our enemy here. Diane Huth, H-U-T-H, our guest. The book, Brand You to Land Your Dream Job. Her website, Brand You Guide. There's a free offer at HireMeNowPlease.com. Thank you so much, and certainly good luck continued with your work and your efforts. Well, our big surprise. You know what happens at this time on Sunday mornings. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.